Hi, T-Shears. It's your resident Texan, Hillary H. Baum, Livingston Butler, coming to you from um, the waterless middle-aged momish studios. Um, we're doing okay. Uh, we have power now and no water, so everybody in this house stinks. Um, we're surviving on a lot of snacks, um, some wine, a lot of wine, we're doing okay. Um, I'll de- detail it more when I'm on the show, but yeah, it's been kind of a crappy week. Um, we're not used to getting this kind of weather, and my shit show of a state uh, doesn't know how to handle it either. So anyway, um, cross your fingers by the time you're listening to this that we have regained water so I can like flush the poop down. <laughs> God. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's been crazy, but um, I can't wait for things to be normal and, you know, be complaining about the heat as opposed to our frigid temperatures. Um, anyway, things are looking up. We'll be okay. And I miss you guys terribly and can't wait to talk. See you soon. Bye. Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything musical interludes, interspecies friendship, international Valentine's travel, death by a thousand sparks, and so much more. We have water. We have power. We can all finally feel our toes again. And we're going to take a trip back to the days when we were trying to convince our parents to let us play the drums. And they had to decide whether or not they wanted to be good parents. Yep, we are talking about our time, or lack thereof, in the musical arts. And joining me today to get into it all are some of my favorite people. From Day Job Studios in Boston, Massachusetts, it's Bobby Pape. Good afternoon, Bobby. Good afternoon, Anne. And from Girl Scout Central Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello. Good morning. And, oh, wait a minute. What's this? Joining us today from Funder Employment Studios in San Francisco, California, it's Matt Peterson. Who let this kid in here? Hi, Matt. <laughs> Good morning, Anne. <laughs> we had an entirely different show planned for this week, but Mother Nature threw a little wrench into things. We had already given Meredith the week off so that she could have a great start at her new job. And then Hillary spent most of the last week somewhere trapped between Nashville and Austin, unable to get home. So we had to make a quick pivot and we brought in a ringer because that's just how professional we are. Uh, As always, we'll start with some small talk, check what's in the mailbag, get into medium talk, make some tishy recommendations, do a little housekeeping, and let you know how you can get involved with the show. We're not paying Matt like a ringer, are we? Because as someone who hires ringers for a living, I don't even know what podcaster union scale is. (laughs) I feel like I've been prepaying with my love and affection for 35 years. Does my AGMA collective bargaining agreement apply here? (laughs) (laughs) Who 
Uh, our primary currency is tote bags. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. <laughs> For people who don't know, Matt is my little brother. And as we just discussed, this means that Bobby is, in actual physical years, no longer the youngest person on the show. Although, as always, he remains the old man. Yeah, I'm still the oldest person on the show, emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to steal the crown. Uh, Well, let's get into a little bit of small talk. I just have to bring this up. I mean, I expect that this is going to be one of my last shows because I have been being slowly electrocuted to death over the past month, (laughs) six years. I'm not doing it on purpose. (laughs) Is this like a training day situation? Is Matt being brought in to replace you? I mean, no. maybe. We'll see how this it is, goes. This is an intricate family handoff situation. But the thing is, in winter, it gets so fucking dry here. And our uh, West Coast friends, Christy, Matt, I mean, Matt mm-hmm. knows from the days, but in the Pacific Northwest, you guys are damp all the time. Like summer, winter, I expect it's just some level of mold growing everywhere all the time (laughs) but that is not the case here it gets like desert style levels of humidity and round about the end of december the static electricity starts to build up and it has reached a fever pitch here every time i turn on a light switch Anytime I touch, like I was ironing last night, and every time I pick the iron up, snap. And it's gotten to the point where I'm scared. I don't want to turn the lights on. I approach every light switch like it's some wild big cat that I have to tame. <laughs> and sometimes I'll like touch the wall around it or I'll try to ground myself on the like the banister or something and reach out and then snap and I'm like ah <laughs> and I honestly have been making this noise as I approach like <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad last night I zapped myself so hard that I feel like it's a really good thing that I don't have a pacemaker. Like you can see the spark jump. Yes, oh I remember that. Mm-hmm. I I remember this from Omaha that I was always scared of being electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Like, and we would do it to each other. Like, drag your socks on the ground to like torture your sister. <laughs> well, uh. <laughs> nobody to torture me. I have rubber soled <laughs> slippers. Shouldn't that help? Somewhat. Yeah, I don't know what can help. I yeah. don't know. It's really bad. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can survive this another month. It's really bad this year. Honestly, Anna, I'm just I'm glad that this is, is just to do with the the lack of humidity in Minnesota and less to do with your recent uh, electrician escapades. Like I was so scared I, when I saw it on the run sheet that that's what it was. Yeah. I'm glad that no, this is what it is. I, paid, I hate that you're dealing with it. Like I paid the $800. I had the electricians come in. <laughs> it's all the other light switches. Mm-hmm. And if I have any lamps that I turn on and if I touch the car and when I go down the stairs, I guess I just have a habit of kindly grazing the right wall with like the side of my arm and I'm getting static there too. It's just, I'm so scared. I'm a prisoner in my house. <laughs> Just gonna sit in the dark all the time, and I could get a dehumidifier, but I, 
I would be constantly filling it. You mean a humidifier? The last yes. thing you need is a dehumidifier. A humidifier. Yeah. I have a humidifier in the piano, as Matt knows, and in the winter, it wants to be changed like every week. And I'm not very good about it. I'm like, whatever, if the soundboard cracks, the soundboard cracks. But it's just constant need for moisture in the air, and it's sort of fighting a losing battle. So I'm just, my brain is just turning to mush very slowly. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> the humidifier in the piano, a damp chaser. Yes, that's your, exactly. Your, vo- your vocabulary word of the day. What it is. I mean, yeah. I'm not fancy enough to install a damp chaser in a piano, but my parents were. So well, I was just going to say, nice I, thing. I, I feel like dad was constantly uh, having inner turmoil over having a humidifier in the, the room where the piano was uh, growing up. Because on the one hand, you had to keep it humid in there for the piano. And on the other hand, you know, you just get condensation on the windows constantly if you had the humidifier running so right well that's mm-hmm. that's another thing back when our parents had a uh, Steinway grand piano because <laughs> foreshadowing somebody was a prodigy and it's not me <laughs> <laughs> and when you buy a $50,000 instrument that is sensitive to humidity ugh, I think mom was just so happy that she had a plausible excuse to turn on the air conditioning in the summer because you true. have to keep that humidity at a manageable level so well, you don't damage 40 and 60 percent yep exactly mm-hmm. yep so yeah those were the days i do not i did not get the steinway grand piano that got sold at a profit i think that'll eventually. happen yep yeah yeah i mean not if you take into account all of the money they spent caring for it but yes they sold it for <laughs> considerably more than they bought it for yep I mean, all things being equal, they probably did okay. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So if I don't um, join the Zoom call one day, you guys know what happened to me. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That I have brain goo leaking out my ears. We got really lucky last week that I had tape of Christy explaining that she might fall off the show before she fell off the show. Maybe before (laughs) we start, we should all record... Like a quick excuse as to why our lines might fail. That's you, true. Would just be, you might be static electricity to death. I, that's not a bad idea. If we just have a little library of us explaining what m- might go wrong I like in a situation yeah. that we just keep on hand. <laughs> well, let's talk about something more fun. Matt, you have some small talk that oh. I am so excited about to talk about with you well i was just gonna say if if i were to leave the stream it would probably because uh, probably be because uh conrad was shoving his face into my hand and demanding pets and would not relent but um yes my my small talk item is that conrad is protesting for a kitten friend so we've basically man this was probably about a year ago that well um, let's just set the stage for people who don't know who conrad is oh of course so your butler <laughs> oh, Personal I Personal assistant. He is not nearly that well trained, but um, he. So Conrad is my dog. I believe you've mentioned Conrad on the show before. Conrad I have. is the my uh, the the little white fluffy dog that we have here in San Francisco that we once brought to Minnesota, uh, and he stayed with Anne for a couple days. Well, we stayed with Anne for a couple days, and. Uh, uh, Anne was so kind as to look after Conrad for us while, while Meredith and I went to the state fair. And, 
I picked fa- up his poop famously twice. and had to pick up his poop twice. <laughs> and somehow Matt it's... said, I took him out. He already did his business. He shouldn't have to do it again. <laughs> and then we went out and he did it twice more. I'm just saying. And somehow you're okay. But um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so this is probably about a year ago that some stranger walked up to Meredith sitting at like an outdoor cafe um, and said, I'm a I'm a dog communicator, and it seems like uh, no. maybe your dog is a little lonely, and and we were and, and of course we were just like so ready to hear it. We were like, yes, maybe he is lonely, and um, <laughs> so this person suggested a kitten, and so I've just had it in my head now that like we've got to get a kitten for Conrad, but I, he's sort of been. Uh, amping up his protest efforts lately. Uh, first of all, he has run away from his dog walkers twice in the last, I don't know, three weeks, um, which scary. is very scary. Yes. Um, and the first time he eventually came back, uh, the second time they were walking him uh, at Bernal Park, which is two blocks away from our place. It's just up the hill here. And uh, he ran away from the pack and walked himself home. And I did that once from the bus stop when I was five. (laughs) Exactly. It's something that you do when you're feeling petulant. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. so he walked himself home and I heard some barking outside and I was like, you know, you know, your own dogs bark. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I could swear that that was Conrad. But I, so I walked out the front door and I looked around and didn't see him so I was like ah, maybe it was some other miniature poodle mix dog that sounds just like Conrad but then I got a call two minutes later from someone on the street who had read my phone number on Conrad's tag on his collar tag and said hi so I have Conrad here I'm at the corner of such and such and so <laughs> uh yeah Conrad had just decided to walk himself home so I don't know. It's, you know, it's another sort of pandemic thing. We talk about the effect it has on dogs and just kind of sitting here all the time being, mm-hmm. being bored. And I don't know. Uh, I, I try to keep him interested, but I also love to play video games. So it's just constant <laughs> battle inside my brain. Um, will you please write a children's book called A Kitten for Conrad? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, ins- hopefully inspired by true events. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I just like, I, I, I actually messaged Meredith the MVH yesterday to say I'm, 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 I'm a little bummed that we won't get to talk about pets because, um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not sure that I could like handle the logistics of having another pet, you know, cause well, like we you gotta- could get a weird one like Meredith. <laughs> exactly like you that's the Bear thing is you don't normal. know you don't know what you're gonna get with a cat <laughs> wait i thought you meant get a weird one like bear yes yeah okay 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 who weirdly loves water and flower and climbing into strange places and <laughs> he's a little naughty boy exactly. he is a little naughty boy but he's only two <laughs> he's so cute I know, like, I don't know, just karma-wise, I think we probably have a naughty boy coming to us at this point because Conrad is such a sweetheart. Like, he just, I don't know, he's such an easy dog, except for the part where he runs away from his pack, but... (laughs) Well, we were just talking the other day about how you have coyotes up there. So that's not not worrying. 
Uh, yeah. That... If the cat stays indoor, though, should be okay. Well, yeah, I mean, we'd have to keep our doggy door closed then, which would be kind of a bummer for Conrad. But yeah, coyotes um, in aforementioned Bernal Park. Uh, I don't know. Over the years, we've had a bunch of different coyotes that make their den there somewhere. And uh, actually, a couple months ago, Conrad had an off-leash encounter with a coyote, which was the scariest thing that has happened to me ever. Um, which I, you know, it was dawn and I probably shouldn't have had him off off leash anyway, but I was just like, whatever, I'll keep a close eye out. But, you know, uh, of course we, it was when we were just coming over the hill and, and so I couldn't see until it was too late. And I don't know. Conrad said, who's that friend? We've seen coyotes before. And I know from past experience that like, Conrad doesn't get too worked about uh, too worked up about the coyotes, and the coyotes don't get too worked up about Conrad. So like, it ended up being fine. Um, you know, Conrad kind of walked up to them and was sort of wanting to just do his sniff, you know, butt sniffing, whatever. And the coyotes sort of started stalking after him a little bit. Like it, it was such a kind of wily coyote look on the coyote's face like just like jaw hanging open and i was like please please don't swallow my dog hole but conrad (laughs) conrad kind of took the hint this is this is the funny thing about conrad like he's he's such a shy dog but he also has good social skills so like he he just kind of slowly walked away he was like okay this this weird dog isn't really interested in playing so he doesn't know the rules (laughs) this weird dog that has a giant mallet that says acme behind his back Uh, yeah so keep us updated if conrad gets a friend i will yeah i've been oh my gosh i've been stalking Mm -hmm. the spca website so Mm -hmm. yeah ideally in some sort of illustrated form please okay Mm -hmm. i need it um bobby do we have travel agreements with china are we allowed to go into the country with all this covid stuff going on how did you get a hotel room in china well that's an excellent question and uh, last weekend, we recorded early because, uh, among other reasons, I requested that we record early because Sam and I took a couple of days away for Valentine's weekend, which normally we would never do because normally going out to a restaurant on Valentine's Day is a scam. And, uh, you know, we usually just do something low key at home. But because we kind of hate our apartment and we just thought it would be nice to um, remove ourselves from home and all of the errands and chores of home. I got us a a nice hotel room in Cambridge, Massachusetts, all the way across the river, Um, you know, tens of minutes away, well, sort of maybe 10 minutes away from the apartment. I mean, that's farther away than I've been from my house over the last (laughs) year. And we had a a very nice time at the uh, Kimpton Marlowe Hotel, and it's uh, attached to a little mall, and so we walked around there a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. It was Bonvoy? Actually, not Bonvoy. <gasps> well, what's uh, the use it, of a loyalty program if you're not loyal? I, I had Amex <laughs> points to burn. Oh, mm. so it's uh, it came with a hundred dollar uh, credit to use the Amex points, so I couldn't uh, resist. Anyway, we had a very nice day, uh, but while we were at uh, the Kimpton Marlowe enjoying our stay, uh, it was actually a different loyalty program that. Uh, that didn't show me a lot of loyalty, and that was my Hilton Honors account. I am also a Hilton Honors Gold member. I I, I don't use it as often as I use my uh, uh, Bonvoy Platinum Elite status. Thank you. Jesus Christ. 
But I got an email from Hilton uh, on Valentine's Day that said, hey, we see you changed your email address. And I thought, that's weird. I didn't change my email address. But I dismissed it because uh, I was having a low tech weekend. And so I didn't want to, you know, get into all that. But we came home the next day and I'm going back through my email and I'm like, that that's weird. Something's wrong here. So I log into my Hilton Honors account. And I see that my email address has been changed. And it's one of those situations where they don't show you the whole address. They star out the middle. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll be shocked to know that the last letter of my email address is an E because it's the end of my last name. Mm-hmm. And it was an A, not an E. Oh. And I thought, well, that is strange. Bobby Paper. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I uh, I go in and I change my email address and I change my password. And I'm like, okay, weird data breach, whatever. I'm going to, Okay. I fixed it, and then I check my point total, and I see that it is lower than I thought it was. And then oh, I check no. my recent history, and I see only 10,000 points were used, which is not a lot in Hilton Honors standards, to book an elegant room at the Hampton Inn in the Suning Hidong New District of Central China Ooh. for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's a nice looking hotel. It's very, I think it's pretty new. It's very sleek. Uh, clicking through the pictures, it is actually pretty reminiscent of every other Hampton Inn mm-hmm. I've ever been to. Apparently, being in China doesn't really change much about the Hampton Inn experience. Uh-huh. Where was it again in China? I need to look uh, this up. The, the Suning Hidong New District. I hope I'm pronouncing all that right. S U I N I N G H E D O N G. New N.E.W. district. Not to be confused with the um, the Hedong district, which is a different part of China, I think. Of course. So, uh, the Suning Hedong. I should just put a link because I know oh. I've got it here. Uh, it's it's a nice looking uh, hotel. And it's Hampton And yeah, somebody got a steal. 10,000 points for a Valentine's Day night. Uh, it's not exactly t- downtown, but it's not. Right. Ooh, whoa, that is a hell of a restaurant. It's very green. With the time changes, I'm actually not sure if it was a uh, a Valentine's Day room the day before or the day after. I'm not sure exactly how that landed, but somebody somebody enjoyed a very nice hotel room by uh, by hacking my my uh, Hilton Honors account. Now, uh, this seems to be a common problem for Hampton accounts. I started searching around and sort of checked with all the people who do a lot of points playing, like way more than I do, and I you know I I make the most of my points, but other people do this full time. And apparently uh, Hilton Honors uh, accounts have a habit of being hacked mm. um, and cracked open. So I, I contacted the fraud department and they gave me my points back and changed my ID and set me up with a, a new account. It's like the witness protection program of, of Hampton Hilton Honors points. But yeah, somebody somebody got a very nice hotel room on Valentine's Day just when I did uh, in mm-hmm. central China. And now I didn't get to go. And now I'm bummed because I kind of want to go. Well, just, you know, now answer check it out. me this question is what? What is the point? Is this person who actually booking a single night hotel stay? Is that the point of mass Hampton points fraud? I don't know. Because sometimes when people have their points liquidated, they have like hundreds of thousands of points liquidated. And sometimes with Hilton Honors, you can like move them over to Amazon and use it as cash. Ah, now that's what I was looking for. I was going to say there's got to be some way to turn this into money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I assume that it's, you know. Maybe somebody from inside the Hilton Honors, you know, mainframe. It's it's somebody with access to the front desk at Hampton who's like finding a way to refund that room or resell that room or somehow, yeah, somehow it becomes profit. Step three is profit. I'm just not sure what step two is. Mm, okay. So, uh, yeah, but uh, the Hampton by Hilton 
Sunang Hidong New District. Uh, maybe I'll go someday just to check it out. I bet tickets are cheap right now. Right? It's a nice looking hotel. It's very very modern looking, very new looking. Very I'm not green, sure right. I want the 20 hour flight or whatever it is just mm-hmm. to stay just at to a, Hampton. a Hampton. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of points in that account. I think that was probably the heartbreak for that person as they they cracked open my account and realized there were only like 18,000 points in mm. there again because I most of my transactions are Bonvoy based these mm-hmm. days. Their encryption is probably a lot better. Yeah. Although um we're going to Tucson next month and I booked us a at a graduate hotel. It's very hip and chic. I, the Deca in Seattle is now a graduate hotel. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm excited for that because um, the, the Bonvoy options were not particularly great. The only hip looking one was an old motel that they clearly just made look hipstery, but it's still a sketchy motel Ew. in a row of sketchy motels. So I'm good. I, Tucson looks sketchy enough without going out to the the far edges of Tucson motels. By the way, if we have any listeners in Tucson, get at me because I'd love to learn more about the not sketchy parts of your city. <laughs> I'm just so impressed. You're the accumulation of your travel program knowledge is just vastly outnumbers mine. Well, I just, you know, I never go exciting places, although I'm looking forward to taking Arizona off my states list. One of these days, I'm really going to sit down and and figure out where I stand with my states. I thought I was in the low 30s somewhere, mid 30s. Um, I have been to Arizona once on a technicality and that I've been to the Hoover Dam. That counts. But like just barely, like I just walked into Arizona and then walked out. So now I'll actually see some Arizona. I count Canada because I went to Niagara Falls. Did cross the border, technically. Yeah. yeah, but you experienced a little bit of Canada. Like I literally, the only <laughs> thing I experienced in Arizona was the thing that looked like the, the side that I walked over from. So mm. I don't know. I've also technically been to Mexico because I crossed the border at Nogales and had all the street vendors scream at me for an hour. Mm-hmm. That was unpleasant. I feel like that still counts. I I think it does. That definitely yeah. counts. We'll do, a, we'll do a we'll do a binational Tishi adventure when things get better, and we'll do Buffalo and Detroit or something. Oh, okay. Well, because you know we're gonna have to go see Meredith at some point, and we'll. Uh, I have a house that's empty that will probably still be empty in Buffalo that we can stay in, unless you're listening to this and you think you're gonna rob me in Buffalo. It's it's just full of guard dogs. <laughs> It's just over full of... of uh, German Shepherds of, with the spike collars. Or wait, yeah, exactly. is that Rottweilers that have the spike collars? I don't know. Uh, sharks with lasers. It's, <laughs> it's exceptionally well guarded. Anyway, that's my Valentine's Day hotel room in China. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Uh, well, Christy, uh, we had just a... Um, I won't call it drama last week, but you did have to unexpectedly drop off the show. And it was right mm-hmm. before... We were getting to something that you were going to talk about, and um, you'd like to reclaim your time, I understand. I'll be very quick. So I had um, put on the run sheet that I wanted to talk about the Trump anniversary card. And first of all, it's awful. And we did find out from Kalina, she bought it and it was a gag gift. So I'm happy about that, that it was a gag gift. But what I wanted to talk about was the comments or the reviews for this card oh were killing me so i i just took a real a couple of one um jen says line your bird cages with it it would be easy to ask for a divorce after getting this <laughs> um scorpio probably not a real name um says it 
it says grab her by the pussy when you open it up it says grab her by the pussy seriously who would want this on their anniversary <laughs> i think scorpio's lying about that but it's funny um and then stephanie this is my favorite one that made me um have to do a screenshot stephanie says don't buy one star i thought this was obama but i got a trump <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was the trump card that I wanted to trump card get it huh? um that I wanted to revisit, but I also wanted to revisit my Amazon plug of the week, which Meredith assumed was a to put my weed in oh it, it was the um, lock box right the lock box <laughs> yes, I'm not cool enough to have enough weed to necessitate a locked box, <laughs> so um the, it's not for that. This was something that came um by Amazon. And the name said Christy, um, parentheses, sorry, wise. Oh. And- <laughs> oh. And I, I opened it up. And there was a one of those gift card things on the top, you know, that where you can write a little message. And the message says, oops, I did it again. I opened the lid, snuck treats like a kid. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So here's the story is I have, I had uh, now a Costco sized thing of Jelly Bellies and it's in my office and every day I take a little handful and about two o'clock I organize them in colors and I eat them by worst to best and oh, I, I had, love your brain. <laughs> <laughs> and I had had it for about two weeks, maybe three and then I noticed, am I really eating that many? Like are my hands giant? I, I, I feel like it's only about 20 a day and it just kept going lower and lower. And then I got that in the mail. And so he had been eating my treats and wants me to lock them up now. <laughs> so I have the box and it's full of treats right now. The bad part is that it's see-through. So it's kind of like, haha, you can't get in. <laughs> and I feel like any day now, him and Ellie will crack the code of three, two, one as the the, the combination. Well, now they will. I would, you're gonna. <laughs> that's have to not really it. But. Flip it around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's my Amazon plug of the week. Uh, well, of last week. I mean, the problem yeah. is that the all the Girl Scout cookies won't fit in there. Right. Oh, we don't get them till next week, and and the struggle is going to be real. I mean, I think I told you that he ate maybe 10 cases last year over time but you know when you're sitting in the cold garage during a pandemic sure. and they're just staring at you sure. what else would you do i mean no blame it's just yeah you know i mean it was terrible because we had to pay for all them they were supposed to be to sell to people but with the anonymous sorry i have to interrupt you with the anonymous mm-hmm. wolverine please stop moving around on the run sheet because we have a nice little pattern of which boxes are highlighted by our cursors right now it's me i have to <laughs> obsessively click sorry this it's will not make sense to anyone who can't see our run sheet right now but we're in alternating cells highlighted and it's it's really special and kind of like a good sort of rainbow thing mm-hmm. going right? on um what was i going to say oh i have this just mental image of you coming into the garage someday and Jeremy is sort of lying in this mountain of opened mm-hmm. Girl Scout uh, boxes and wrappers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Winnie the Pooh post honey sort of oh. deal going on. Well, how he did it was he just kept 
rearranging the garage and moving the boxes. So I didn't know where they were at any given time. And so then they just get kept getting smaller and smaller. And then I'd be like, hey, do we have a box of tag along? Someone wants to, to buy them. And he's like, oh, no, those are gone. I'll look. I'll look. Oh, no, those are gone. And, like, <laughs> and then I just stopped asking. <laughs> I, I think we already have enough pictures of Jeremy um, shirtless and outstretched on his back that that's probably not a, an impossible Photoshop. No. <laughs> no, Winnie the Pooh is pantless. He's got well, the shirt. I mean, I've let's got, not do that one. I was going to say, I, I might have those pictures of Jeremy too, but let's not. <laughs> let's not scandalize our listeners. Uh, well, the struggle is real, Christy. I'll be interested to know what kind of Girl Scout profit you make this time around. Yeah. Uh, All right, before we move on, uh, we have a PSA, a very important announcement for our listeners, correct, Bobby? Yeah, I think so, Uh, because I know know everyone's going to care of varying degrees for the people I'm about to mention, but um, as of recording this, to the best of our knowledge, Hillary is alive. Yes. Uh, She returned... to uh, to Austin yesterday was it finally just yesterday I think yes mm-hmm. she was scheduled uh, to fly back on Friday and her flight got canceled and then canceled and then canceled I think and then mid air it got canceled right so again. she was yeah. fly- she finally got a flight right. on Wednesday so she's going to have to fly to Dallas and then Austin and in the air to Dallas they canceled the Austin flight so she had to stay with her parents for a few days right. And um, she was going to send us an audio postcard. And if you heard one at the front of this episode, that means she did. And if you didn't hear one, it's because she didn't. But she got home to the surprise of them having lost power mm-hmm. in Austin. So um, uh, our hearts are with Hillary and the very long week that she's had. Uh, but I just wanted everyone to know because we've gotten a lot of very thoughtful messages from people uh through the show on our own individually asking how our Texas people are doing. And uh, Hillary is, is finally home. <laughs> Not great is the alive. answer. Yeah, yeah Not exactly. Great. Not great. But uh, she just found out that they can borrow water from their community pool to flush their toilets. So yeah. they were melting snow. Yeah. Actually borrow is the wrong word. I think they can have water from their community yeah. pool. Mm-hmm. They don't want it back after. Yeah. Uh, and on that end, uh, just for those who are still keeping score, well, we often allude to Mike being dead, um, RIP, he is actually okay. Uh, he and Emily are also, uh, based on what I've heard from Mike, uh, doing okay, despite power coming on and off and not having running water. So uh, thanks, everyone, for all of your concern. I'll just speak on his behalf, too. But um, we're keeping an eye on them, and uh, and I, th- I think everyone's going to be all right in the long run. But uh, they're, they're okay. Oof. Yep. Our, yeah. I mean, thoughts and prayers. We know the efficacy of those um, for our our friends in the South who don't have to experience this kind of cold and whose infrastructures aren't set up for it. I mean, yep. we hope you're doing okay. The backlash of not making fun of them for this has been stronger than any of the mockery I saw of this. But I think even we can appreciate as winter folk, all of us to varying degrees here on the show this week. Uh, you know, that's not, right. oh. their system's not built for this. I mean, no. uh, we can make fun of them for electing decade after decade of politicians who let them privatize their electric grid. Exactly. For, that's for, what we make fun of. For gross not. profits. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. in a normal situation, as you said, Bobby, us Northern people, we are so happy to roll our eyes when they start complaining 
that, you know, they got a dusting of snow or um, the temperature got down to 40 and they act like it's the end of the world. But this is different. This right. this is something else. This so. is People actually dying. hell freezing over. It's yes. impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, why don't why didn't everybody just pack up and go to Cancun? Seem like the smart option, if you ask But me. also just leave your pets home. Well, oh that'll be fine. No, we can't. We'll never get out of here. If we I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Is this a thing that actually happened? Yeah. He left his yeah. poodle at home. Maybe that could be Conrad's new uh, new pet. You don't, watch, you don't watch the news because you're a kid? I mean, I read the news occasionally, but like, I, I don't know. I have not been terribly interested in piling on the, the Cancun hate but like i don't know that is out of line the best part (laughs) (laughs) it's the only good part in this is to watch ted cruz fuck up so bad Mm -hmm. that even he can't deny it nope i so did we say we're not gonna keep talking about this what christy gets the last word my favorite part was that they got called out by lying in a group text Mm mm-hmm and the lady that called them out were like hot. Uh, her nickname was Hot Chilies, <laughs> which I kind of want my nickname to be. <laughs> well, I think you just made it. There you go. God, spare me from hot ever chilies being wise. in a text thread chain with people like any of those people. Frankly, right? Yuck. Okay, Bobby, get us to the mailbag. Get us away from this talk. They said that even Boston sounded great. That made me laugh. Uh, out of the mailbag, we got a few messages this week, starting with a message from our favorite grumpy old liberal, Bob Stein. Awesome show, dudes. And of course, he uses dudes in a non-gender uh, way. And then he says, uh, recalling uh, an item from the Amazon list that I was quick to call uh, a handful of chopsticks. I believe I am the bag dryer guy. Yes, we wash our plastic bags, but that doesn't mean we think we're better than you. Mm, We've been really recycling isn't. before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he thinks he's better than us for many other reasons. <laughs> he says, we've been recycling before there was, well, recycling. This particular dryer works well, and the bottom, which is made up of some kind of wood composite, doesn't seem to get as grossly mildewed as some of our previous models. I could have made my own using chopsticks, glass balls, and a mason jar, but that sounds too much like an Amazon sex toy. <laughs> Then he writes, attached is my conversation heart. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there was an Amazon sex toy on the list. So not like an Amazon branded one. That would be weird. Like an Amazon Amazon vibrator. I'm surprised that hasn't come out yet. Alexa, faster. (laughs) (laughs) I just laughed so hard my headphones fell off. (laughs) Attached is my conversation heart. Have a great week, folks. Bob S. And his heart is a blue heart that says grumpy old love. Aww. I mean, Bob, you had me at grossly mildewed. Well. <laughs> under Lydia in Lancaster. Uh, I did that twice. I Linda. did that before we started to. Linda. Linda with a Y. I, it's the Y that yeah, threw me. Linda. I'm sorry. And yep. I'm probably dyslexic. Uh, Linda in Lancaster thought I'd share this tidbit with y'all after hearing the NCIS talk. And actually the word tidbit is funny when you hear the rest of it. My (laughs) hubby went to Pierce junior college in the San Fernando Valley and played football with one Mark Harmon for two years in the early seventies. My guy likes to tell everyone, quote, I kept Mark's face pretty and quote, I've seen him naked parenthetically in the showers. 
I've been hearing these uh, those jokes for a long time. He also said he was a nice guy. He watched NCIS for years, but quit a few years ago because it has gotten, quote, stupid. Uh, and Linda's right, or Linda's hubby is right. NCIS has gotten stupid. Uh, dumber than the baseline of when it started. But Christy, you had the ultimate uh, reply to this email from Linda. Oh, I just said I, I wanted to see photos. Yeah. All this yeah. talk. Where's the mm-hmm. proof? Where's so, the yeah. proof that it's you saw him in just, the showers? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Linda, I guess you need to uh, get a put up or shut up to your hubby for I us. I mean, yeah. If Linda has to listen to these jokes for all these years, I would be demanding some proof. <laughs> he does have a pretty face, though. So thank you for he that. sure does. Uh, and we also got an email from... Uh, I, I, I guess I would pronounce it as Lit GZ since it's on capital letters L I T G Z. Lich, Lich, is yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, but that's not the name in the body of the email, so who knows? In the body of the email, uh, she, guessing, writes, Hi, this is Julia. I am sending you my intimate photos as I promised, followed by a tiny URL that didn't work for me for what it's worth. You clicked on it? Why well, I, I put oh, my me? credit card number and social security number several times. <laughs> when my I, mother's made a name. When I, what co- could go I wrong? copied the message over here and I actually left the URL <laughs> off and just wrote tiny URL here because I wanted to take no chance that anybody would accidentally <laughs> click on this. Um, but here's the thing. Who asked Julia for the intimate photos? I don't know. Guys. Who promised? Who? who <laughs> I mean, it all changed. Maybe it Hillary. I think Did this sounds have, like a Hillary thing. Does sound like a Hillary thing. And she's not here to defend herself, so I like it. Well, Hillary, get at us if you got Julia's link to work, because it, we'd, we'd like to see those intimate photos. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I mean, you promised. Right. Rude. It's kind of a tease. Mm hmm. Uh, on to last week's question of the week, we asked you for your ideal conversation hearts. And I think I mentioned a few of ours, and I'll scroll back to last week's uh, Slack channel. I had oh, yeah. my effects me your butt, and you had please do laundry. Christy mm-hmm. would stop talking. I had sounds like my last date. <laughs> um, I think I made one for, was it for Hillary's sister that was 50 and nifty? Mm-hmm. Oh. Let's see here. Christy had bring me cheese. Meredith came in with I am not a cat, which is still funny. <laughs> And with try harder, and that's enough, E-N-U-F, really condensing on the text there. And uh, the listeners did not disappoint with theirs. Alicia came in with a trio of I'm good, oh, yeah, no. (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) And in homage uh, to our theme music, everything is all right. Yep. Uh, Heather, did you make the coffee? Edward coming in hot with get fucked. Edward. (laughs) Come How on. romantic. <laughs> no. Notice he didn't say with me, just in general. Mm. Uh, and Louise with no thank you, please. I just like the please at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's even better coming in right after get fucked. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Kalina with room for more cats. Okay. Here's the thing. The, she used the number four. Room for more cats. Does that mean she wants four cats? Additionally to what she has, that's a lot of cats. Oh my god, that's a lot of cats, Kalina. That's that's going full menagerie. Uh, let's see, we've got to, Amanda with send wine. 
Uh, Lane found the goth mode, the the black hearts, and did uh, dogs greater than people. Greater than simple people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Joseph with love yourself. Andrea mm-hmm. with honor your parents. Now, wait a minute. Honor <laughs> your parents? Gross. Andrea, are you saying this because you have a daughter who's... She yeah, that's what I'm choosing uh-huh. to believe. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to make one don't believe boomers. <laughs> uh, Carolyn says to honor the greats and made a heart that said, what fresh hell is this? I like that. Uh, and Maggie made one that I still don't understand. Impy Skimpy. Yep. Yep. Impy oh, Skimpy. Maggie. Middle shelf, Maggie. Uh, there's a little bit of a thread there because Carolyn commented on MP Skippy saying, you stumped me, to which Maggie wrote back, well, fuck you, you fucking fuck was too long. <laughs> to which I made the heart, fuck you, you fucking fuck, to prove that it wasn't, in fact, too long. So I just really also... like MP Skimpy. Right. <laughs> I have to say, like, so my my greatest reaction to all of this was, you know, Lane was asking if she was the only one into to goth mode. And I, I, I think the only thing that could make this black conversation heart any more goth is if it actually did taste like licorice. Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christy <laughs> says, Oh like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, what, what better way to encapsulate the, the suffering that is existence than to, mm-hmm. you know, a licorice flavored conversation. What heart. if it just doesn't taste like anything? Whoa. Like into the void, like you know, nothing matters. That's like deep man <laughs> nihilism. <laughs> I don't know about eating black candy. Yeah, I can't think of what I, I like. Think. I mean, you end up first of all. You don't like licorice. Eh. Oh. What about good and plenties? Uh, I am sort of licorice agnostic. I guess mm-hmm. I don't seek it out, but I don't hate it. But I wouldn't choose it. I guess, but it always makes the inside of your mouth black, and that's so weird. Yeah, there's something going on there. It can't be good for you. Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. there's this trend to you in baking, especially to use powdered charcoal so that you can make black things. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need (laughs) to ingest carbon deliberately that way. Also, it stains your teeth, right? Probably. I don't know. Uh, if you haven't generated your heart yet you'd like to you can go to cryptogram.com slash heart slash tiny url slash julia's pictures no it's uh, cryptogram.com slash hearts um, and you can join in the fun on the the question of the week thread on the facebook group you can also see hearts that other people have made recently and it's a super janky site but you can sort of hover over them or click on them to get them and uh, scrolling through as we were doing this, the one that captivated everyone's attention was get the shot, not hep B. So where's the lie? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm looking at the site right now and teacher said I had to give you this as my favorite of the current ones that somebody made. <laughs> so weird. Matt, there did you, you have a conversation heart that you'd like to contribute? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so well, I, I finally got mine in yesterday, which, uh, um, you know, take it for what it is, but uh, it's a, a, I think, a blue heart that says "Daddy Issues" on it. <laughs> uh, I mean, well. you know, works on different levels for different people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, my my Meredith, not the MBH, but uh, my my lady friend, uh, jotted a few down for me here as well. Uh, those being good luck. Mm-hmm. 
uh, purr, like I want to cuddle, purr, and will poke. Now that Eat. also has several meanings. Yeah. The, for for us, it's a narwhal thing. Apparently, my my spirit animal is a narwhal. So. Mm-hmm. I have a painting of one on my wall. You should get it too. Ooh. I'm just gonna snicker. So yeah, it's not too late to add your hearts, and uh, man, we'll get your hearts in there too, because that's good. I mean, every day is Valentine's Day if you try hard enough. Keep it going. Keep the love going. All right, Hallmark. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move into a little bit of medium talk, shall we? All right. Um. So this was this is a loose idea. I will say I proposed something like this like a month ago and we kind of like yeah let's keep it in the rotation and then we were going to do a movie show this week and then you know the whole Hillary thing happened and we just felt like we couldn't do this one without her and so Christy brought this back up and I'm very glad that she did but I didn't have a lot of structure for it so let's just have a conversation about cop not cop Cop, not cop. <laughs> Growing up, and there came a time in most of our lives, I think, where maybe, you know, you were in school and they have a, like a band program or a music program or orchestra or whatever. And, you know, they were asked, you were asked if you wanted to to pick an instrument or, you know, how you wanted to participate in the musical arts. And I thought, well, let's talk about that a little bit, what your music experience is. Bobby, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, Boy, where to begin? So I was born in 1986. (laughs) Um, In a little town called... Well, I mean, I was born in a a hospital in a city, not Mm -hmm. in a little town. That would be, you know... Look, I was trying to spin a folksy yarn for you. Put the water on the boil. Bobby's coming. (laughs) Um, Yeah, why do they have to boil so much water? Well, because it was Texas in the odds. Uh, <laughs> so um, th- this was interesting because we've all sort of had uh, different interactions with people. I mean, before we started on here, we were talking about uh, how this Texas uh, event would be terrible for Anne's piano, mm-hmm. among other things, uh, because of humidity controls and temperature control issues. Um, we, we've we had varying degrees of musical interactions. It's been a big part of some of our lives. And for me... I started singing in my church's youth chorus, youth, you know, uh, youth choir when I was six years old, um, because we had a, a teen choir, but we also had a young choir for, for kids. And it was basically just, you know, sing songy, sing along, memorize things and once a month go sing as part of the church service and put on a little show. And uh, ever since then, that was that's just been a huge part of my life. And of course, I went on to um work in the music industry after realizing that I had no musical performance talent worth uh worth exercising beyond high school and college chorus but uh you know it was uh formative for me to have those early musical experience so i mean really starting so young being dropped off at the church for you know one hour chorus rehearsal before before church one day a week or you know every sunday morning um was sort of my very beginning of that. And it's interesting because I come from a family with essentially no musical talent or background. So I'm not sure whose idea it was to get me in the choir. Uh, Somebody must've just seen me running around causing trouble and been like, we need to park him somewhere. So how about (laughs) the chorus rehearsal? (laughs) 
Your mother uh, wanted a blessed hour of relief. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, just one more reason to get me out for a little while. Uh, and, and it's stuck from there. So, I mean, I, I've been in the musical world, you know, my whole life, even though, again, my talent is uh, extremely middling at best. I mean, other than the occasional karaoke mistake, uh, I really don't perform in any notable way anymore. You know, the shower, walking around the house, humming and singing. But mm-hmm. uh, that that's about it. So The car, the car. Well, of course, the car, yeah. I especially... often wonder how soundproof is my car? <laughs> not, I think it's not, probably <laughs> less soundproof than I think it is. Not enough, I mean, for mine, by the way. And we've heard you sing. I, I recently recalled hearing you sing the national anthem for us before the baseball show. Oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about it while I was thinking about how the national anthem is a terrible song to expect uh, terrible people of people of all abilities to sing because it's got an incredibly wide range and weird jumps and yeah it's a terrible yep. uh, mus- musically speaking a terrible national anthem <laughs> and it's got some words that people have mm-hmm. some issues with well that too I don't yeah. wasn't it like an English drinking song set to the tune of an English drinking song. So it's not meant to be sounding pretty. It's yeah, supposed to be a it, bunch of drunkies. I know it drunkies. was an existing tune. I, don't, I yeah. don't remember what the history exactly is. Yeah, but Francis Scott Key really yeah. jacked the tune so he could yeah. put those right. weird lyrics over it. <laughs> I really like Oh Canada. I think that's an excellent. Yeah, it's, it's good, a good one. It's good for singing. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's a good range. I like Oh Canada. And when you go to a lot of hockey games, you learn how to sing it in French, which is always fun. I don't care how many hockey games I go to. I'm probably not <laughs> learning how to sing it in French. Well, they alternate <laughs> between the English and French uh, verses. It's good. Do they do them yeah. all or do they just like, you know, one and three in English and two and four in French? Well, it's actually just the it's the one it's the one long verse. You know, they, they build it out, but they, they just alternate through the song. So sometimes you'll hear them jump through and. Just do do a stanza in French and then go back to English. That sounds confusing. Um, okay, well, I, you know, I have a pretty similar um, experience to you, Bobby, so I might as well chip mine in, is that uh, when I was five, I think my mother put me in dance classes, and that lasted one class. <laughs> because uh, as i recall there was some warm up exercises like imaginative movement play kind of thing that was based on snow white and there was a poison apple and an evil queen and i said nope i am not here for this hmm. i got scared and so my mom put me in the church choir like little kid kindergarten choir and yep. i was in choir Ever since, all the way up through college and beyond, I had my first solo. I was thinking about this when I was in sixth grade, and I was in the little, because this was when we were in Switzerland, and so, you know, it was a small school, and they didn't have a big music program, so it was just like an extracurricular little choir deal and I had a the music teacher was like a really nice young British lady who had actually wrote a Christmas carol for us to sing and she wrote a second little part a descant to sing on top of it and for people who aren't familiar with the term the descant is not a harmony it's just like a a counter melody that kind of matches the melody a little bit and it's usually pretty high up there and it turned out I was the only person who could sing that high in key 
And so she was like, oh, great. We'll just have this one little voice sort of piping up from the back of the choir to sing this thing. And when we tried it, I sang so loudly and so strongly that I pulled all the other kids off the melody. Like they couldn't (laughs) sing it because I was there (laughs) yodeling the descant from the back row. (laughs) And so my teacher was like, well, this isn't going to work. So she pulled me like out of the body of the choir and put me up in the front off to the side so that I could sing it and all the other kids wouldn't get confused. So... That was my first solo. And then I done, you know, I'm not a real good soloist. I'm like sort of a medium. I'm a soloist with a medium to small group, but not with a really good big group. Unlike some other people. I always think, yeah, I'm not too bad. And then I hear somebody who's really good and I get depressed. Come on. So. <laughs> and then, and then um, piano lessons too. That's obviously not an organized thing, but my mom started me in piano lessons when I was in kindergarten and I took them all the way through high school. Oof. And now I ha- I got their piano. I always thought they would give that piano to you, Matt, eventually. I never had any expectation of getting it, but I guess it's easier to... It's cheaper to give to you across town. Exactly. <laughs> Seven minutes from Roseville to New Brighton versus to San Francisco. <laughs> I have an image of Matt trying to push that piano up the steep hill. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's just, there's no way. It's not a big piano, but. And then there's just Wiley Coyote at the bottom of the hill yes. waiting for it to. <laughs> Licking his chops. I was going to say, I have seen an actual upright piano at the top of the hill before. Like somebody brought one out to, I don't know, just have a community music night or something. And I was like, Oh. That's tricky, though. If you lose control of that, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're not catching that before something bad happens. Uh, Matt, I know your history, but tell everybody else your history with Muzak. Well, uh, I mean, honestly, early early history is pretty similar to, to what you guys are saying. I mean, like, uh, Bobby, I was going to ask, I'm, I'm not up on my, my Tishi lore enough. Where, Like, what town did you grow up in? I grew up in beautiful Webster, New York, where life is worth living. That's the town slogan. That's right. Um, which uh, is great because it, it makes you think that you're just going to kill yourself if you live in any other town. Like it's <laughs> like Webster was standing on the edge of a bridge uh, somewhere and someone said, no, you're where life is worth living. Um, Webster, uh, uh, a perfectly fine suburb of Rochester, New York. Sure. Uh, and so I had a lot of... Uh, Eastman spillover influence because there was just so much Eastman faculty around and like kids took music lessons with them and we interacted with the Rochester Phil which is a you know a, a perfectly fine orchestra but but it has a lot more locals than than a normal orchestra would because it's you know because of the conservatory being right there so uh, you know we we just sort of there was um, I would say more music per capita in our area than a lot of places probably because of that. So we had that going in our favor, but yeah, upstate New York. Uh, and also my music, uh, teacher, my, my church music director, Karen, uh, exceptionally well studied, you know, she was an organist, but she had a PhD in, in performance and, and music education. And so like, I really lucked out as far as having musical influences went being young because, I just had a great confluence of things that worked out in my favor. Totally. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the two big things, right? It's like having a culture of music and having people to be role models and teachers and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, I, 
I think earliest music experiences probably were, uh, yeah, singing in church choir. Um, and I took up piano, I guess I was not quite five years old. Mm-hmm. What? You were three or four. <laughs> I think you might have been three. How did you even get up on the piano bench? Did you have a little step stool? I mean, we're tall I was, in our family. Oh, yeah, you say, are I was tall. already five yeah. foot six when I was four years old. So. <laughs> I do not doubt that. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I just, like, I kind of idolized Ann and Carl, and I wanted to do everything that they were doing, and I... Uh, yeah, I would just kind of get up on the piano and like try to imitate what you guys were doing. And our parents were like, yeah, maybe we should put him in lessons a little earlier. Um, well, and then I think, I mean, not to interrupt your story, but I am the big no, sister, please. so it's my prerogative. But I do mm. recall that there was a, a point like like within the first month or so when Mr. Field, Mr. Fields got an inkling that maybe something a little bit more was going on with you and he made you sit facing away from the piano and he played a note and he said what note is this and you were like d and that's how we found Wait, out that how old was this like four and that that's how we found oh out God. that matt had perfect pitch which is not totally uncommon but it's not common either so wow yeah and um, everyone was like get this boy some lessons <laughs> yeah, from from your life in the deep south. Um, <laughs> I declare, <laughs> Matt. How long was it until you outgrew your teacher's abilities? Well, man. Um, so I think I started with uh, Doctor Worth when I was what in like fourth grade. Oh, I thought it was earlier than that, but maybe. Yeah, some, it's something third or fourth grade, something like that. Um, so after, yeah, after a few years six years something um and yeah i mean dr worth was like i i still look back on him as maybe the biggest role model i've ever had um uh he just uh, yeah he um had such a way with kids like I don't know his 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 sense of humor. It was like you know some some people. It's just like you were born to just spend all day with kids all the time, and that's kind of how he was. But he also the size of a kid. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I, I I think I was taller than him by the time I started <laughs> piano lessons with him. But yeah, um, and to put this in a little more context, because Matt's being a little bit modest here, I think it was like a school performance or something. Yeah, where you played and a random parent said to mom and dad, are you looking for a teacher for him? Cause I know somebody really good. And so that's how you got hooked up with Paul and he is, has a program now called the worth. What is it? Center for performing arts. Yeah. So he's, he runs this huge program and he's a really kind of a big music thinker for young people in the state. So Matt really lucked out that he, you know, got hooked up with him. It's and that he was a worthy pupil for him. Well, I hope so. Um, I mean, yeah, Paul's Paul, a, a, also a very modest person, but like kind of a huge deal. I mean, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, I'm slightly biased, but like definitely one of the best teachers in Minnesota just to go by like sort of track record with competitions and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really ran with it and... 
you know, I think I all the same stuff that anybody that any kid like taking piano lessons or taking music lessons went through, like, you know, practicing was the worst. And I believe this is in the run sheet somebody uh, had oh. had put in here that Oh, oh that was, was me. I, I, I do want to talk about escape schemes. Uh, and what I mean by escape <laughs> schemes is that we were required to practice the piano for an hour a day. Oh, God. And... Please don't let our mom be listening to this. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm putting ourselves on blast, Matt. <laughs> She's going to know. And it just so happened that if mom was out somewhere for a while and then she would, you know, drive back in and come inside and, oh, I'm just finishing up my hour of practicing. <laughs> Where really you'd been lying on the couch, like you were probably playing your Game Boy, and I was probably reading, and you were just half an ear listening for the garage door, and then you like scrambled for the piano. Like, yeah, I've been practicing the whole would time. Would you? Would you guys vouch for each other? We would never rat on each other. Okay. Ever, ever, ever. We were never asked to. I, I was gonna say I don't think it ever came to that, but like no. But I'm diligently practicing this whole time. Well, this is like her running in, and you're being like. Push up number ninety eight. Right. Ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, I took it pretty seriously after a while. Like I I I don't know. There there was some of that, but I also I don't know, my the results speak for themselves. Right, um, right. But then you did you went to college on a music scholarship. Well, that's funny, actually. I, yeah. Well That's what I call it. Yeah, well we'll leave it at that. I I, I think really it was the essay that I wrote about music but um whatever details details um so anyway yeah i and somewhere in there you were like i think i'll be in a choir and then you got into the best choir immediately well yeah i mean this was junior year of high school and i i had been in orchestra you know i had sort of been dabbling in violin for a while and i i this is what a cool, awesome, amazing, popular high schooler I was. I was like, man, I've got to get into the choir so that I can, like, sort of be in with, with a crowd and, like, you know, have cool friends, you know? <laughs> like, the cool choir kids. Exactly. Yeah, definitely everybody was looking at the choir. and I will say, I mean... Some of, in Roseville area high school, it's not completely untrue. It's true. It's a little bit different in Minnesota. I mean, you yeah. people are just um, bred to sing. Yep. Right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where I was going with the whole, like, where were you brought up thing is, like, I just, again, I again, I feel so lucky. Like, we just grew up in this culture of everybody does music. And that was, like, you know, that was kind of the thing is, like, an arts, there was always an arts requirement, even in our public high school, you know. And uh, so that's, I, I think that's kind of why maybe some of the genuinely cool kids like gravitated to choir because it's like you given a choice of like learning to play this really difficult to play instrument or just like going and singing for an hour every day. Like, of course you're mm-hmm. going to, you're going to pick singing. Um, which incidentally is, I feel like that's kind of why I've fallen into a singing career because it is so much easier to have a singing career than to <laughs> like, for me anyway, to like think about being a professional accompanist or like a, God forbid, like a professional performing pianist. Like mm-hmm. that's just, I and don't know, a, I could never. And also in our, our high school, I was thought it was a little weird that we didn't have a marching band in the we were so music heavy, but I think it's because they were a little snobby. 
Like they sort of thought they were too good for <sighs> marching band, which is stupid because marching bands are awesome. That's true. I don't know. Marching band was a big thing at my high school and my my musically inclined instrumentalist friends a couple of times lobbied very hard to try to get me into the marching band. They really wanted me to come and they were just going to hide me in the percussion pit. <laughs> They're like, you can count. You'll be Triangleist. fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just, just hold this mail and hit this thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I had no interest in, in that because it was kind of culty in my high school. And so there are people who I went to high school with who were involved in the marching band who are still involved in marching band stuff. It seems like a great experience for a lot of people it's something that people form really strong bonds with maybe it's like all that summer practice in the heat or something all that sweating together yep Mm -hmm. our parking lot was confusing because it had all the lines painted on it for marching man practice on Mm -hmm. top of the parking Mm -hmm. spot lines it could also have been that our uh, boys sports teams were not good so yeah that could be it (laughs) it could be we had we had a pet band if you if you played in band i think you had to serve time in the pet band but (laughs) that was as as far as we got um matt how many instruments have you played and i don't mean that you're good at but even that you dabbled in well okay so piano and violin i (laughs) uh again hoping that our mom isn't listening to this about the whole drums and like, do you want to be a good parent? No, I, I, Uh, why do you think I put that line in the, I think if it were me, I would have absolutely done the same thing because I would not want a nine-year-old banging on drums in the basement. But, um, I always desperately wanted to play drums and never could just for that very reason, like who wants a third grader just like, banging on something as loud as they can for two hours every night um but i did sort of dabble once i my my buddy was a decent guitarist and uh had a little band and uh you know whenever his little brother was was not able slash grounded uh to not able to play a show um i would just come pretend i knew how to play drums sometimes so that was fun um I know you messed around with bass a little bit. I know you messed around with organ. I saw you do that. That's oh, pretty cool. Oh, man. I still don't consider myself a proper organist, even though I had a job as an organist for like a year. <laughs> I was the worst church organist in the world. <laughs> uh, it, I tell you, it is not, you know, having piano skills gets you about a third of the way there, I think. But Well, I have a hard time decoupling the left hand and the right hand, but having to add the feet in there. Yeah, it's I I have undying respect for for people who have mastered that art. It's just on another level. I've never played organ, but I've driven stick. <laughs> so I feel like I can probably hack it a little bit. Yeah. You know, Christy's been incredibly quiet and I don't want to lose track of that. Right. Oh, Christy, so Christy you have my is it my up? turn. Yeah, oh, tell us about uh, yeah. your oh. uh Oh, okay. So I have zero. Um, <laughs> All right, back to I Matt. Wanted, <laughs> I wanted so, so bad to play the trumpet. I begged and pleaded, and my parents said no, um, because at first it was, it cost too much money, because it kind of was expensive to rent a trumpet, and we didn't have very much money. Mm-hmm. And who wants to use those, like, school instruments? Right. I don't even think we had that as an option. 
um, to borrow from the school. So, or else I would have definitely done that. And then, um, then it became middle school. We call it junior high here, junior high. And you had to get yourself to school early because band was either before school or after school. And I had to rely on the school bus. So I couldn't do that. But then at some point we moved way out of district. So my dad took me to school every day early. I was there about an hour early and I would just sit outside the band room listening oh, because I still wanted to be. And my best friend was in band. She played the a clarinet that was so big. She had to sit on multiple chairs. Do you know what that one it's is? Bass, bass clarinet. clarinet. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She played that. And, um, and of course, you know, I had crushes on, um, boy boys in the band and um at one point she finally talked to the music director and he would let me sit in the room so that was that was fun but I always thought it was so cool the people carrying the little black cases mm-hmm. I mean they were better than me oh Christy <laughs> my first year of college Cinderella at the ball sitting in the yeah the that's exactly room. what it felt like sitting outside in the hallway just waiting um when after I graduated from high school, I um, dated a boy that was in a local punk band and he played bass. So he was teaching me how to play bass. And so this is the closest thing to an instrument, I guess. Um, and then I had a band, quote unquote, band with my best friend. Um, we were called Robbing Mother Nature because it was taken from like a King Five um, environment like mm. thing or whatever. Okay. But we could only play... I could only play Blister in the Sun. Of course. Um, and <laughs> and we had one other original song. So I just, I didn't even like write it down. I just f- freelanced every time we sang that. Um, and, oh, our band was just her singing and on acoustic guitar and then me on bass. So it was, it was good. We were a good band. I don't know why we didn't get further. <laughs> Nobody signed you. <laughs> is this when I talk about sibling grievances or is that later? Oh, please. Oh, let's get do into it. it. I mean, I put it there for you specifically. Okay. So I begged, pleaded every year to um, play an instrument. And my sister got to play the first time she asked. Um, she got the flute. And I was so jealous of it. I would sneak it. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I would listen. And I was, oh gosh, if she was in fourth grade, I was in eighth grade. I was too old to be doing this. I would sneak her flute and play it in my room. And I didn't know how to do notes, but I would like try to figure out the song just like, it probably sounded awful. <laughs> and then she was like, I hate the flute. And so then they got her the saxophone, which was way more money. And she was not good at it. Also, and she hated objectively it. Objectively harder to play. Just yes, especially for a tiny little fourth grader. The thing was as big as her, because she was already young. She was like the youngest one in her class, so she would have been eight or nine, and so it was like so big compared to her. And um, I would also sneak that um, and play it, but she didn't like it. She would never practice. She cried about it, but she got to play it, and it made me so mad. Cause that's all I wanted. Oh, Christy! I know. Oh. Uh, Christy, I think you and I have the same level of experience playing bass. Because in I must have been early high school, probably tenth grade. I'm trying to remember which class it was. Maybe ninth grade. Um, we were assigned a school project in a social studies class to make a fake album. 
uh, with track listings. Like, so the, the project was to design an album cover and create a list of tracks related to, um, I think it was the Mongolian empire. Cause I, I'm remembering that one. Mm. And that was, it was like one of these out of the box, like use your critical thinking skills and have some fun with this. And of course I was, uh, paired up with two of my friends who were extremely good musicians who were in a local, uh, punk, uh, fusion band with their older brothers. And, uh, we decided, well, if we're going to design an album cover and, create song listings and some lyrics and notes or whatever we might as well just record some songs right and so i played bass on one track because they handed me a bass and they were like just play these three chords over and over again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so somewhere somewhere deep in in the archives of my life there's a recording of me playing bass on a cover they were all like cheesy ripoff covers of pop songs at the time of a cover about a song about the Mongolian Empire. I can't remember which track it was. I can't remember what we were parodying. Oh, yes. All those songs about the Mongolian Empire. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, it would be like 20 years later and somebody would write a song about Genghis Khan. So, Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I, that was my one foray into bass playing. Other than that, I, you know, we had music fair in fourth grade or going into fourth grade and we're all supposed to pick an instrument in orchestra or band. And for me, I was told I should either play viola or horn well french horn back then is what we would have called it generally more polite and just say horn now uh and uh i went with viola and i played viola for approximately a month and i dropped out for the first concert i just oh. couldn't i'm i think because i'm left-handed my right hand just could not mm. grasp how to hold the bow and i just struggled so much and we would do this stupid thing where we would balance a lifesaver on the end of the bow and i just want to eat the lifesaver i didn't want to <laughs> fuck around with trying to torture <laughs> Bobby, on be- on behalf of the fans, uh, like I, if you can find that recording of you playing bass and like play it as the intro on on an episode, I will buy you your very own weed box. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make me a bass player, wouldn't it? One song, it's a weed. <laughs> uh, I, you know, you know, I'll check with Frank and Brian, my my teammates from that project. Uh, Frank Wardinger, who's now an incredible audio. Uh, uh, science expert uh, audiologist of some kind and Brian who is a uh, traveling gig percussionist like these guys went on to have like real music careers Uh, well you played your part in that I did I certainly did I just wanted to be the manager of their band Mm. because uh, I couldn't do anything else and then I would end up becoming a manager of a band that ended up being my profession (laughs) well now, as for the viola, I, I do think that even though, you know, you didn't stick with it, you made the right choice. In, because... in that I didn't play violin and destroy well, No, that you didn't play a horn. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I... I mean, pound for pound, maybe this is just me, but I think that is the hardest of all the instruments to play. Because even the professionals, it's it, it's a fairly large percentage of the time that they're about to, like, do their entrance and all you get is... For a minute before you know, they get back on their thing, it it's real. seems wicked. Yeah, I mean, even like I sing with the San Francisco Symphony, and yeah, even even there, it's like we've we've you know we've got our, a couple of like superstar players where that that you don't really hear that happening, but like you know the sort of second chair, third chair, a lot of the time it happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh... Uh, horn is one of the harder positions I've had to hire someone for for gigs because finding a great freelance horn player is just not 
Easy. Yeah, because they get snapped up if they're right. good. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's talk about. I mean, what's the coolest instrument? I mean, let's let's talk about like band. So Christy wanted to play the trumpet. Uh, theremin, mm-hmm. theremin. <laughs> <laughs> is is theremin part of usual elementary school band programs? <laughs> theremin is going back to the weed box a little much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also wanted to play trombone once I got into ska music in high school. Sure. Mm, of course. Trumpet's extremely broy. I mean, I, I have a good, and so is trombone, really all the brass, but mm-hmm. I have a, I know one great female trumpeter, young female trumpeter, you know, youngish, I should say. Young in my business means under 55. Um, but for the most part, almost every trumpeter I know is either a bro or sort of a former bro. Like somebody who so, aged out of being bro I have a question about that because when I said I wanted to play the trumpet, that was a big thing at my school is that only boys played trumpet. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- how did instruments get gendered? I, I, d- I don't get I that. don't know. I, it was girls played clarinet and flute yep, and yep. boys played trombone, um, saxophone, and um, the trumpet. Mm-hmm. I would say that, that saxophone could be a little bit less gendered. Sometimes for us, but definitely like I remember there was like one boy who played the clarinet in my class and um, you got to be strong yep. <laughs> to do yeah, that. I think and also, I think some of it, cello and bass for the same reason. Yeah. The, the ones who stick with it tend to be really talented. And I think the talent sort of balances out. Yeah. The weird gender stuff. But yeah, I don't, it's so stupid. I mean, there could be uh, some physical aspect to it. Like it's going to be hard for a little itty bitty girl to hike a trombone on her shoulder for a long period of time. Yeah, but or not a trumpet. I don't know. Well, yeah, they... play a contrabassoon, something. <laughs> um, I remember when Elliot was in, uh, her school is very music oriented. Every kid has to do, and starting in fourth grade, has to do some kind of instrument. And when they found this out in first grade, she said, I want, I'm going to play drums. And these boys said, boy, only, or yeah, boys, drums are for boys. Fuck and you. she was like really upset about it. And I told her to go back. And next time they said that, say, oh, I didn't know you used your dick to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'll get in trouble. And I said, I don't care. If you get in trouble, I will excuse it because fuck them. Yep. I know some great uh, female percussionists. Yep. Well, no, the other thing is, sounds like none of us have any experience in jazz band. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know the difference. Uh, the jazz band is basically just the brass and mm. like piano, and sometimes like a bass guitar. I think. Yeah. Maybe no, they don't do double bass with. Well, you uh, jazz band. You'll usually. see a, in smaller jazz ensembles, you'll see a, an upright bass, but it's usually. Uh, you know, it's being plucked as much as it's being bowed. Yep. Yeah. I just because I'm speaking to the parents and our our listening audience who who have brass players who are in a jazz band of some sort. Our brother Carl plays the trombone, and I have been to a fair number of jazz band concerts. Right, Matt? You've been to some of those. Yeah, absolutely. Some of Carl's jazz band. You probably like played piano for. Some of that stuff, right? Well, I was reticent to bring up the summer where I was at a month-long music camp and got recruited for really hijacked into playing for the uh, the, the jazz band. And 
And I do have a recording of it, and you're not getting it because. The, uh... I will buy you a weed box. <laughs> the thing, the thing Look, about my, my weed game's already on point. You can't. Uh... You can't give him anything he doesn't already have. The thing about jazz bands concerts specifically is that jazz Meredith is just loving this discussion I know Mm -hmm. and BH um because she's such a huge jazz fan but a huge part of jazz is improvisation right so you have to be like nimble and that's a skill that they practice from the beginning so there are set points in most of the songs where it's like this sort of section is set aside and for different kids in this scenario to solo on their instrument. And I don't know how formalized it is or if, if they know that this is their solo spot or if maybe the director just points at them and is like, go, and they just have to come up with something on the spot. And what that means when you have a junior high jazz band is that you have a lot of solos that are like, because they don't know what they're doing. And um, it's, as I was saying to all the parents out there that uh, go to those jazz band concerts, I salute you. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, fun. I was in jazz choir. Ooh. And uh, we did occasionally have step out scat solos. No. no. Children are not equipped to do that. Uh, yeah, it was not pretty. Um, I was middling uh, in my jazz choir i was i was a tenor we were there were 20 of us five on a part and uh i i was probably i don't know third or fourth in my little section so i i could hide most of the time uh my story of avoiding being hoodwinked into another group was when i avoided being in show choir which was the other uh premier choir at my high school jazz choir was you know as it sounds we sang a lot of standards and things like that uh and the show choir did song and dance and a lot more show tunes. Um, and senior year of high school, uh, our music department just enrolled me in show choir, just assumed that I wanted to be in show choir because they used a joint audition process. And I had already been in jazz choir for two years. And um, uh, I went to them and I was like, nope, change my schedule. Not happening. Love you guys. Not happening. I'm not dancing. Uh, I, I am willing to go out there and sing jazz in a sequined purple vest but I will not wear a sequined blue vest. (laughs) Gotta have standards. I would have given my left arm to be in show choir. (laughs) And I did not because this goes in line with what Christy was saying. It was before school and our parents. Okay. Our parents did not drive me to school. Other people, they drove to school (laughs) Many times, not saying who, not saying if they're on the call or not, but I never felt like I could ask to be taken to school early. And so Wait, I could not. Did you ever ask or did you not know you could? I did not ever ask because I thought it wasn't allowed. And it was only when I saw other people, you know, not naming anybody specific, Certain getting children around mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was like, wait, you could do that? I couldn't be in show choir. Uh, Christy, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my office right now. I'm in day job studios. Mm-hmm. I, and I have a lot of instruments in day job studios because they are either toys that I have accumulated through the years. I have a lot of sort of 
small percussion instruments. I've got my guiro, which has made the occasional appearance on yes. the show. And mm-hmm. my, I have a, a set of maracas from Nicaragua that were a gift to me when I was a child. I have a small drum, a little mini bongo that Will McQuillan gave me uh, in honor of the drum circle nights in Maui, where everybody gets <laughs> naked and naked, yeah. bangs on their drums. Um, and I also have, unrelated to those instruments, um, I have Sam's student flute. She played flute in high school. Uh, and uh, I think a little bit in college, and then never played it again. So it's been sitting in its case uh, for a while. Uh, and I've been meaning to try to donate it or get rid of it somehow, but nobody really wants it because it's not particularly nice or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's all here. It probably needs to be cleaned really well. And um, I imagine it needs to be oiled a little bit or I don't whatever flute maintenance. I don't play flute, so I don't know what all the maintenance is. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, would you like a flute, Christy? Oh, Interesting. <laughs> I'd be happy to send it to you. The case is not black, it's brown. So I don't know from a style standpoint if it's going to... Ooh, yeah, the cool kids had black <laughs> cases, so... <laughs> it is very much a cheap academic student flute. But if you want a flute... What if, what if I got it and then just would like walk to the local elementary school holding it? <laughs> yeah, we could get Jeremy to follow you and film a little um, Dreams Come True segment for the show. <laughs> I thought for a minute you were going to walk to the elementary school while playing the flute of Pied Piper-esque. I mean, don't count that out. A little rapey, the whole Pied Piper yeah. thing. But, it is you know. kind of a busy street for a Yeah, it's a very busy street. <laughs> and the there's construction down. happening on it right now, so that would be real weird, but I can't wait to do it. <sighs> that would be fun. Okay, the last thing that I really wanted to talk about in this is choir versus band versus orchestra. If you were not Christy and you were allowed to participate in things. Oh, by in the anything. way, by the way, did you do any clubs or were you the like sort of the MTV babysitter latchkey? Me? Okay, yeah. Um, so once I was in high school and could drive, I was in environmental club. Mm. Um, but other than that, I okay. wasn't. Because I was thinking clubs. that you would have made an excellent yearbook club oh, person yeah. except the clickiness of all of that might have because a lot of popular people like to be in your book and i, oh, I this, know you would have had... not at my school oh no it was dorks no in your book yeah well really there was like that. different tiers but my school kind of was like the a similar to like a 90210 hierarchy or like 80s movies where like the rich the rich kids all had like the new clothes and everyone was obsessed with that Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of rich people at, at my school and then me. Um, so the second tier would have been like popular within the nerds. Like mm. they were all in AP classes and stuff like that. Sure. 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 But I would have liked that. You're right. Mm-hmm. You would have been really good at your book. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so if you weren't Christy um, and you were looking to be involved in the music program, what is cooler Choir or band or orchestra? Like, what types of people pick what is an interesting question to me. And, of course, you know, like Christy says, this is all within a subset, more or less, of, you know, maybe not the apex predators of the school. Yeah. (laughs) And my school choir was a lot of the drama kids. So that was the type of person. Yeah, I I don't know, because since I was in in neither orchestra nor band, I don't have a really good sense. It seemed to me like orchestra were the serious musicians and band were the people that 
sort of wanted to fuck around a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, so speaking as someone who was only in choir and orchestra, I I was going to say band for sure. Like, uh, yeah, just it seems like... And maybe that's just part of the, the mystique that I had associated with it, the mystique <laughs> of band Imagine. Oh, my God. Um, but I don't know. And and also the fact that I that our brother was in band and I I thought that he was more on the popular side than than I was, but um, I don't know. It just it seemed like band had a much more chill vibe, you know. Is it possible that it's because orchestras are usually taught by power trippy conservatory grads who couldn't get a real job, and band is usually taught by burnouts who couldn't get a real job? Oh. <laughs> like like they both. They both are are valuable in their ways to teach what they're teaching, but like the average band teacher is not as um, academically high minded as the average orchestra teacher. That's just in my very mm. general experience. Matt, your orchestra teacher was was he that really young guy? Yeah, so uh, I think it was my junior year. We it, we got a new guy who it was pretty much like fresh out of uh, college at, at yeah, University of Minnesota Duluth. Yeah, he was like twenty two year old teaching seventeen year olds. I I'm trying to remember. There was like a we did a pops concert that was movie themed, and so we we came up with like some fake posters, and uh, the kids in the orchestra made a poster uh, that was like. Um, it was like 13 going on 30, but it was 24 going on 16 or something. Because like, <laughs> I, we, this, this guy was seriously like, he could have been a senior at the high school, but. Um, yeah. And I can say this because I was well older and looking back on it now, there's some distance, but he was very cute in a way that would have appealed to especially those teenage girls. And then I think it was it that same pops concert. Cause the, because the music teachers always did a thing for, people who didn't do pop concerts you know the orchestra would do something the band would do something the choir would do something and then usually the teachers would do their own little something and they put together their band and i remember he was like wearing a t-shirt and jeans and trucker hat and playing a bass yep and i was like shit this is a teacher uh-huh <laughs> yeah he was uh, he was a bit of a heartthrob for sure we did not let the teachers have a moment to do that in my high school Oh, I remember my year, there was the Achy Breaky Heart parody, I think. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great chorus teacher uh, who was, unfortunately, uh, also just a, a an awful alcoholic. And I hope he's gotten his life together, so he's long since retired. Uh, but uh, his name is Robert Frost. No. no. Ugh. We would come in and Mr. Frost would be there. He was our jazz uh, choir teacher, too. And we loved him dearly. We were so loyal to him. Uh, but if we came in and he was hungover, he had one of the captain seats from the second row of seats in his minivan pulled out and in the chorus room. And he would just go in the back and sit in it and put on a movie <laughs> and be there just like really oh. faded in the back of the room. He retired after my junior year and the teacher who came in to replace him our senior year, of course, we hated on principle. Of course, of course. Uh, but she was also not great. She came over from another district, and one of the more awkward experiences of my high school life was um, she um, she cornered me in a in a practice room alone, which 
is not okay. And especially now, like then, mm. whatever. But now you would say like, really not okay. And she sat down and just started crying and asked me why everybody hated her. Oh, no, honey. And I was like, well, you're not Robert Frost. <laughs> and uh, you're kind of stuck up and annoying. Oh, and she, she left a couple years later. In fact, I am still acquaintances with someone who takes a lot of pride in basically driving her out of the district. A current student at the time who was a year younger than me feels like it was his life's work in high school to uh, make her so miserable that she ended up Aww. leaving and going to another school. She was not a good fit, but also how do you follow someone who's been teaching there forever and had yeah. that sort yep. of cachet? Yeah. That's painful. We had a similar situation at our high school, which, Anne, did you ever have Tim McMillan for choir? No, no, he, I'm Mr. He, Johnson, baby. He was after he was after you, but yeah, he he had been around for I don't know some half dozen years or something, I guess. And as the the main uh, like the head choir teacher at at the high school, and my senior year, he departed, and we had this new guy. And I just I remember at one point, kind of later in the year, it was kind of in the spring. Finally, this guy got so fed up of. Um, the kids being basically just like being mean to him uh, for not being Mr. McMillan. And he just, he, <laughs> he, like, we were all sitting in the auditorium at, like at a rehearsal and he just like had us all sit down and he like yelled, not necessarily at us, but kind of like, I think it just was like, he could not contain his frustration mm-hmm. anymore at the fact that he was constantly being compared to the, his predecessor and... it's like it's the quit being like... assholes speech yeah right yeah pretty much I think choir teachers are a delicate sort mm-hmm. let me tell you hmm. <laughs> we strayed a little bit the point was uh the band was for all the cool kids yeah were. the band definitely the band, the band is cool <laughs> orchestra's not cool but they had integrity right you know they're real musicians. But anyway, we need to move along because we did give ourselves a hard out on this one. And God damn it, we're going to make it. Question of the week. <laughs> we want to know, Tishi listeners, did or do you play a musical instrument, voices included, and which one? Yep. We want to hear about it. We, we want to see what kind of band we can put together from the Tishi community. In the contracting world, we have a habit of calling people by the instrument they play because that's the only part of them that's important. So instead of saying, oh, we need to hire a flutist for this concert, we would say, we need a flute. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was just talking to a colleague of mine yesterday who stopped by for a socially distanced lunch. We were having this exact conversation. I said, of course we do, because I don't even know what you call a tuba player. Like, is that a tubist? Mm -hmm. And I'm in this business. I think it's a tubist. (laughs) I don't know. But he said, he, you know, we know someone who will uh, recruit singers by just saying he needs a throat. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was a new one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say a tromboner? Well, I think, yeah, of course. I mean, have to. who doesn't want a tromboner? In fact, the person I was having lunch with is a tromboner. So, oh. You know. I mean, half Say that to his play face. trombone is to make that joke. <laughs> True. Uh, Christy, why don't you move us on to the next segment? I have a T-She Recommends. I watched it last night. It's on HBO Max, and it's called Judas and the Black Messiah, Highly recommend, and I think Lakeith and Daniel should just get all the Oscars now, and they should just not hold the ceremony. Oh, okay. Um, You're on first first name basis. With yeah, Lakeith mm-hmm. and, and well, they're Daniel. my boyfriends, so yes, of course. <laughs> um, no Oscars for Jeremy, I see. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> um, it's a it's the story of Fred Hampton being betrayed. Oh, the Black Panther one. From, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so 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 good. Highly recommend. And of course, I watched it with Jeremy, and he's like, "I didn't know any of this stuff." Of course, <laughs> because, he you know, didn't. Homeschool. <laughs> Poor sheltered little dove. <laughs> um, so. Uh, highly recommend and it's one of those where it's going to be on HBO Max for 30 days and then you'll probably have to pay for it streaming um, somewhere else because it's in limited theaters I don't know who's going to a movie theater but that brings me to my shameless Amazon plug of the week is I don't even know how to pronounce this Flavacon popcorn seasoning and buttery flavor popcorn topping combination um, this the this um, combination was published in our um, local Seattle Times about how to get the closest to movie theater popcorn that you can without going to the theater. And it really does taste like it. It's almost eerie and it's very delicious. So yeah, start, recommend start with a product called Flavacol. I know. Flavacol. I, I'm looking at it. I'm a little bit disturbed. The second bullet, by the way, there are one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five bullets and each of the bullet then mm-hmm. has a check mark after it before they... List mm-hmm. the thing. I don't know why we need yeah. a bullet and a check mark. But the second bullet check mark says secret ingredient. Flavacol is the ingredient movie theaters don't want you to know. Oh my this God. Salt creates great tasting popcorn. I'm concerned for you, Christy. <laughs> so here's the thing with the Flavacol <laughs> it is so strong that even. So my coworker had posted this. And then I talked to her and I was like, okay, so what did you, you know, what did you use? And she had cut the recipe in half because it's so, she said she got sodium headaches um, Mm. by using the original recipe. So if you do get this, um, hit me up and I'll give you the the perfect recipe for it. Mm -hmm. Flavacol is comprised of only four ingredients. Salt, it looks like super fine flakes of salt, which is part of the trick. Artificial yeah. butter flavor, which is just yep. considered an ingredient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, yellow five and yellow six, the latter two, quote, give, give popcorn yellow. a bright, appealing yellow color for it's maximum orange. sales. Uh-huh. And it's this liquid one, right? I see there's no. like, oh, it's the, the milk flavor- carton? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then what's what's the liquid one? It's like a butter flavor. It's oh, oil. okay. So we've got the butter and the salt. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Have you ever made popcorn using one of those like industrial popcorn makers? Uh-huh. And it's got like that oil. That uh-huh. you, yeah, that's what that oil looks like. Yeah, that's what that oil is. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I see. Um, that's a very large container of salt. Yes. I would share it with someone if if they wanted this, but I mean because we'll never you use I mean in the in the um adjusted recipe you use a teaspoon. Maybe even half a teaspoon. It's 35 ounces. That's over two pounds of salt. <laughs> it's a lot. Adding to the Tishi store soon, dime bags of popcorn salt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of buying things from us, you can do that at theshowaseverything.com. Click the shop button. Also, please do us the kind favor of rating, review us, uh, reviewing us rather in the podcatcher of your choice. No swears, please and thank you. And remember, you mm-hmm. can take the link to any of our Amazon items. I recently had someone else reach out to us looking for our Amazon referral link and not being able to find it. So as a reminder, Amazon won't let us just tell you to go to Amazon.com. You've got to go to a specific item. So go look at the 
weird popcorn salt flavicol and then worry about christy's blood pressure real judgy (laughs) real judgy there weird uh and then i'm sure it's delicious don't get me wrong i i'm drooling already Mm -hmm. my heart rate is already increasing just it's you know thinking about it uh add that link to your phone home screen or to your browser uh and then just use that every time you shop i'm still using a link from months ago and we're still getting credit for those things so that's the way to do it matt Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, so you can get get involved with the show. The website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can always use throwyourphone.com to uh, uh, send in your your angry or happy or, or loving reactions to the show. Um, the Facebook group is just This Show Has Everything. Uh, lots going on there. The show Twitter, at Tishy Show. Um, I famously do not have a Twitter account, so I wouldn't know whether or not this uh, Twitter ever gets updated. But uh, We basically you know, don't either. It's fine. You can, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, you can email the show at Tishy at 10710.com. That's 10710 spelled out. Uh, send us a voice memo. Uh, we've gotten a few of those. I, I like how I'm saying we, assuming that I'm just like, you know, part of the show now. You are honorary. Okay, You're cool. in it now. Yep. <laughs> so send a voice memo um, and fax uh, fax me. Uh, that That's actually my conversation heart is just the, the, the universally appropriate fax me at 617-354-8513. Bobby, when is the last time you got a butt? It's been a while. I got a, an offer for roofing repairs this week, but it's been a while since I've gotten anything fun on the fax line. So Yeah, that's not the same. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I hope everybody enjoyed this discussion of musical remembrances. And um, Christy, we have to fix this somehow. I just feel so bad at <laughs> your thwarted band dreams. I know, and Elliot didn't get to be in it this year because it's, you know, <gasps> weird school year. Oh, no. And so I, I've i been like, you know what's awesome? The trumpet. And I keep showing her, like, <laughs> cool trumpet stuff. And she's like, nah. What is it that she wants to play? Oh, trombone. I'm like, it's so hard. Like, it is an awesome instrument, but it's so hard. Yeah. It's very impressive. But, yeah. So we'll see. Mm, well, um, through her and sneak her instrument in my room. <laughs> Chrissy's hunched in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> they gave all the fourth graders recorders instead, and she just stopped going to music class. <laughs> oh my god, we didn't talk about recorders. Oh, this is this is wow. the first in a series. This show because yeah, I know. I also Sorry. didn't talk about the time I choked on a solo performance in high school in front of everyone. Which I oh my gosh, oh. we need to. Bring it back with uh, Meredith because she has some good stories too. Yep. We'll do that. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us here. And uh, Matt, do you want to do the honors? Thank you so much. And that was everything.
just might stop to check it When I'm walking, I stop, I stop and I'm so strung out. And I'm high as kind, I just might stop to check you out. Body and beats, I stay my sheets. I don't even know why. My girlfriend, she's at the end, she is starting to cry. When I'm walking, I stop, I stop. Let me go Also, I meant to add to that. My addendum is fuck fucking Ted Cruz. He can go to hell. Bye.